Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Thanks for joining the iSmart Podcast. I have Tiffany Fine here. She is the CEO at AutoQuest Advisors. Tiffany, thanks so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Yeah. So um, what is uh, Quest Advisors and how did you get into that business? Um, and uh, if you could explain that to us, I would really appreciate it. Sure. So AutoQuest Advisors is a credit union auto buying service. We service credit unions and their members. Um, again, credit unions are, they don't have shareholders. They're individually owned by the members. So whatever services they can provide to make their members happy is kind of their goal as uh, credit unions and the board members of the credit unions. Mm -hmm. We come in and we middleman the entire deal. Instead of going to the dealership and dealing with salespeople, and I'm sure we've all been there, the six-hour, you know, and the games and the $10. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's an annoying process. Exactly. And to spend that much time of your life at a dealership and it winds up not really being the most pleasant experience, which is interesting because I've done um, different events and I've asked like a crowd of people out of 80 people to raise their hand on who's had a pleasant experience at the dealership. And it's usually only a couple. And so we try to alleviate that, that whole demeanor of the car industry of being a negative experience and turning it into a positive one and making it so they never have to step into the foot of the dealership. Like, they never have to walk in there. We deliver the vehicle to them. We go over payments. We go over interest rates. You know, usually they stick with their loan with the credit union, and that's another benefit of the credit union. Um, right. They bring us on so that they don't lose their loans is ultimately the big picture because what winds up happening is someone gets approved for an auto loan at the, at the credit union, brings it to the dealership when they go and locate the car, and then the dealership either matches or beats the rate. And there's no reason for the credit union to go back to the credit union and they wind up losing their loan. So there's oh. different factors that come into play that benefit the credit unions on why they bring our service in. That's fantastic. It sounds like it's like a one-stop shop when it comes to buying vehicles, like including delivering the car, doing all of it. Yeah. And I think even now, so uh, with, with what's going on, it's more important to have those kind of services more than ever in my business, you know, we do, a. my first business was a mobile car washing business and it did, it's still doing very, very well. Uh, and even now we've been growing, uh, exponentially <laughs> even during the pandemic. And it's very odd because most businesses are kind of shutting down, um, you know, uh, and we're able to keep on growing because mobile services on demand, kind of everything's done for you. Here's what, here's what you want. Kind of the Amazon, era of businesses is where it's going. And the automotive business has been, had taken a huge hit uh, with this whole, with this whole pandemic. And it's, so it's pretty cool that you guys have, were already working on, uh, you know, that style of business. So that way you could continue to grow. And that's actually something that we're doing in particular is promoting a no contact delivery service, bring your own pen, you know, just, uh, just little catchy things to let people know that, 
They don't have to walk in anywhere. They don't have to sit there with a mask on for six hours to buy a car. That to me, I can't breathe in those masks. I cannot imagine sitting yeah. for six hours and right. having to do that. So that's kind of the angle that we're promoting now. And a huge benefit for the way that I've structured the company is really low overhead. So even in times of despair and the, the industry changing and trying to, you know, kind of navigate our way through that, we haven't really, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. You know, the yeah. credit unions, they've, they've definitely slowed down in business. Um, it's not affecting us too much. You know, we're still able to do our deals, get deals from other sources, leasing, things of that nature. Everyone still has leases that are coming up. People are trying to get out of their vehicles. People still want to trade in. They're still getting in accidents, things of that, you know, of that nature. So, you know, we're not touched too much by the pandemic. We are feeling it a little bit, though. I think everyone is to a certain extent. Yeah, of course. You know, it, and it's uh, it's all right. You know, I think there has been a lot of needed changes within business that had to happen. And this pandemic has essentially pushed those changes and forced companies to make modifications. Uh, and so it's totally, totally fine. Uh, so in the podcast, our main focus here is to um, talk about ways that we've created additional income within our businesses and also ways uh, in kind of like a synergy, synergistic uh, uh, way that we've been able to develop other income streams. And now within, uh, within Quest, how, how have you been able to create multiple streams within the in- industry? Obviously, the automotive industry is massive, so there's a million different ways you can do it. But what have this, what's been the most lucrative way for you? So the most lucrative way, besides selling the vehicle, because being a broker uh, and getting your broker's license, and it's building resources within the dealerships. You know, we, it's like making friends. We've been friends for many, many years at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to get the deal done. They're willing to do, lower the price so that we can, you know, make a little bit more money. Uh, and then the interest rate of things. When people come to us and they're looking for a certain interest rate, you know, there's ways to make money on the back end as well through financing. Uh, that's if we're not going through the credit union. Of course, we don't mess with our credit union members. We don't want to upset our credit unions. So this is outside of the credit unions. Uh, there's so many different ways with financing, with aftermarkets, with extended warranties. Um, that you can kind of dip into it and every dollar counts. It may not be, you know, thousands of dollars for every deal, but every deal that you do, you have, you know, a little bit of money coming in different ways, I guess you could say. And then trade-ins is a big way of doing it. We have wholesalers that I personally don't want to take in people's trade-ins as a wholesaler. It's a lot of, it's very messy. It's almost, it's more work than it's worth. Um, There's used car guys that that's just kind of what they do. Um, I doing the maintenance and the smogs and trying to find somewhere to put the car and I'd rather middleman the deal and let someone else do that and make a little bit less money without the headache of everything to come because you could wind up losing money and it just, you know, and also because I am the only owner of the company, just doing that all on my own sounds awful. It's too stressful and it doesn't have the reward. Yeah. (laughs) So, but also, you know, tapping into other credit unions, um, is, is the main goal of what we're trying to do. You know, we've been around since 2016 and we're just now breaking the barrier of being a very new company. So now people are seeking us out. They're seeing that we've established. So the goal is to wind up in credit unions all over Southern California and eventually in the surrounding states. Um, you know, and that comes 
more as a trust with credit unions than it is with anything else. Um, credit unions are a different animal. You know, they, they're very personal. It's not like a bank. You know, they, they want you to be friends with them. They want you to treat their members as if, you know, they're your friends. So that's kind of the approach um, that we go towards with all of that. And by doing that, you know, I have to wind up doing meetings and spending money. And I've gotten the CEOs of certain credit unions cars for free, you know, like I don't make a dime on it and I travel like a distance to do it. Um, and it winds up paying off, you know, that additional stream of income is just expanding the company. Every credit union that we get is, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars more a year. So yeah. I keep breaking that barrier. It just keeps growing. Yeah, Tiffany, just from the little time that we've been able to speak, um, you know, it sounds like you're really, really good at creating relationships and investing in long-term kind of solutions. So uh, I can see that you've already, you've already done a great job in, in, uh, in creating those relationships. And I really hope that they continue to do that. How is the uh, kind of the changes with the banks and the loans and the percentage rates and all those things, how has it affected um, maybe the rates for your, for your customers or any other aspects in the business? So we do feel that, which is interesting that you bring that up because back in 2015, you know, auto loans and mortgage rates were down to a 2.25 for mortgage rates, 1.9, you know, for auto loans, Toyota was doing 0%. Um, you know, so we did start to feel an impact because everyone, when the credit union rates go up, everyone has to step up. But right. the bank's rates go up higher than the credit union rates. They have to. Interesting. So credit union rates are able to stay a little bit lower. They don't have uh, the shareholders to pay out. They don't have all of this responsibility. They can still be of service to their members and bank a little bit of money on the interest. Mm -hmm. And also when they give good auto loans, they're also getting credit, you know, all the consumer loans that they can establish from that. So building that relationship is also pitching some of their other services, you know, and, Oh, did you know that their credit card rates are this and that? And we get more loans from them by, you know, helping them, pit, helping them pitch everything else that they have. Um, when rates go up though, we do start to notice it and we have to explain to each client and I have to train my salespeople to let them know chase is at, you know, 4% on a used vehicle, you know, and this credit union, your credit union is at two point seven, five, you know, it's gone up a little bit, but it's still way better than chase and chase is who the dealership is using so on and so forth. Yeah. So when we run into those things. It's just basically giving them the information that they need to make the decision, the wise decision. Educating them is really important because people that don't work in the industry have no idea how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's very similar to most most industries. People don't know the ins and outs of everything. They just want to get a low low car payment and not have to deal with much of a headache. And it sounds like you're doing all the all the heavy lifting, you know, yeah. for these individuals. Uh, so you're saying that it, so since the uh, changes uh, with the banks and the financing, has it been it's been beneficial for for the interest rates and everything else? It's been beneficial for us because credit union rates are beating everyone else's. So it's not really, it kind of alleviates the competition, you know, yeah. if they can match it, I'm like, yeah, but I'm, de we're delivering the car for you and doing everything for you. And you're yeah. You're given the best price, the best rates, you know, you're doing a lot of the, a lot of the inconvenient pieces, you're removing those things. So it's like the future of uh, car purchasing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I can see you're very passionate about it. Have you thought of other different ways of creating additional revenue outside of um, Quest? Uh, it's funny because this pandemic has opened up a couple different avenues. Um, what I've currently been doing because I 
I like to work out and stay active. And I live in Los Angeles, which is pretty much what everyone does here. So I started buying a bunch of equipment, loading it in my trunk, and then I go to the park and I lay out all the equipment and I do these circuits with some of these women that don't necessarily know as much as I do about the fitness industry. And it kind of came to mind, there's a couple of ideas that I have stirring in my mind that uh, could, because I don't think gyms are ever going to be the same after this until there's a vaccine. No. I, uh, I think that's going to be the last thing on the, in the you know, in line to right. break that barrier. And living in Los Angeles, that people are, are so frustrated. You know, people that constantly, even on social media, that's all I'm seeing is, oh my gosh, I'm eating snacks at home. Oh my gosh, I'm not able to work out at the gym. So I don't really want to put all my cards out on the table and show my hand, but there are some ideas that I have going as a newer that initial and it's not just a personal trainer it's a whole new layout of a gym um, in a way that is only going to work in a pandemic you know if there were gyms open the opportunity wouldn't exist wow yeah sounds pretty interesting um you know our listeners you know are, are kind of a huge collective of different kinds of entrepreneurs from uh you know angel investors to financial advisors to people that are just creating this super niche um, businesses to solve a solution. So, you know, it's very possible that you'd be connected with someone, you know, within the network that uh, would help you kind of achieve that, that goal and being able to innovate into new businesses right now is probably one of the smartest things to do. You know, so they, oddly enough, people say that the smartest time to start a business is during a recession. And I do not understand. I, I mean, I understand it to a certain degree, but it just is the complete opposite of what you feel like doing um, during it. But it does make sense to a certain degree just because, you know, you're identifying solutions during a time that really those solutions need to be, or need to be identified. You're seeing the problems, but most people are like, oh, I'm going to run. I'm just in fear of them. And entrepreneurs are here to solve those problems. And the ones that do it the fastest um, make, can make the most money. So businesses are going down, but at the same time, businesses are, you know, being built. So it's an exciting time to live. Uh, and, you know, kind of the last thing that we always like to talk about uh, during the podcast, obviously, we're talking about ways of creating multiple streams of income within the business, other ideas um, to be able to uh, to be successful in the entrepreneurship and the business industry. And lastly, um, just specifically in the pandemic and this kind of things, how is how have you been able to like maybe what struggles have you seen and how have you been able to kind of uh, conquer those struggles during this during this time to ensure that you're going to have consistent growth through 2020? Consistent growth, you know, at this point with the pandemic, um, because we've only been in business since 2016, my main goal is making sure that we don't go down. Um, having the business grow, I'm doing my best. Um, I'm not I like to be a realist and say, as long as we don't go below what we did last year, you know, and keeping my overhead as low as possible, um, that if that's the best that we can do, then I've kind of accepted that. There are other streams and there are promotions that we're doing, you know, outside of it with the credit unions, we're doing email blasts, we're doing everything that we can. Um, a lot of times with credit union members, because we used to do in-person activities, we do you know, if a certain industry does safety meetings for their companies, we would go and, you know, introduce ourselves and we get loans that way. So we've kind of had to expand into um, an internet-based promoting. 
and email blasts and things like that. But it's not the same as in person. I've, I've always been pound pavement um, type of business person. I like face-to-face meetings. Uh, I don't read junk mail. So I'm assuming no one else does. Mailers, those, it's a waste of money. I, I don't even look at mailers. I throw them away. So, and I'm a consumer. So if I'm doing that, I'm, I'm sure 90% of Americans are doing it unless they're 80. Right. You know, so it's, you know, there's a certain dynamic with uh, social media, the internet, Google search engines, uh, pay-per-clicks that we're getting into as far as when people are researching um, cars, delivery services, credit unions, um, kind of altering it too. So we're affiliated with UCLA's credit union. We're one of the auto buying services with them. So we're working together with them in ways to help the students because, these you know, these students are still going to school. They, these students are the ones that make the most money. So we're kind of focusing on the credit unions that still have a lot of opportunity. Um, one of our credit unions is based on teachers. Teachers are still working. They still have income. So the other credit unions um, that are kind of dwindling down, we're doing our best to keep up with them, but we're really just focusing on the ones that have the opportunity to keep things kind of pushing through. Yeah, very, very cool. Uh, and so you know, going through that transition, I'm sure there's a lot of kind of things that you're running into that you would possibly need help with. Our network is really quite broad and, and a lot of the, the guests listen to the show uh, and they have a pretty good network as well. Is there anything specifically that you may need or want um, kind of in this time or help? And then maybe, you know, some of our guests and individuals can reach out to you and help you with those things. You know, in the last year or so, um, because I've been doing this alone, the expansion of where I've wanted to take this, uh, it's, it's limited. You know, I'm only one human being. I can hire managers all day long. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of taking out loans. I don't want to be buried and pay high interest on things. So I've kind of, you know, taken everything that I had in my pocket and invested into this. But if we want to expand to the next level, it really would be looking into a partnership. And it would have to be, you know, a, a partnership that I'm comfortable with. I mean, this is like, like every entrepreneur, this is my baby. You know, I created this. I created it from everything that I have, and I put my heart and soul into it. Um, but a partnership uh, would definitely step us into the next level. You know, I know the industry, but the funding and the resources behind all of that is what would probably be the next step to launch us into this. And right now, with the p- pandemic and things slowing down, it would be a nice time to take some of that time and that open space to lay out a plan, a financial plan and an expansion plan. So that's fantastic. Yeah, that's in a huge alignment with pretty much everyone that's on the show right now. So I'm sure you're going to get a bunch of feedback. Well, uh, Tiffany, I really appreciate you being on the show with us today. Uh, you've given some some really good information to us uh, about Quest. I, I really, uh, I hope that you know it can you continue to grow and scale. Uh, in 2020. Uh, and I really appreciate your positive spirit and the whole, and the whole thing. So um, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? 
We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.